0: Welcome to No Church Answers, the weekly Christian podcast for men. We're not pastors, just regular guys looking to model positive Christian leadership in our work, families, church, and communities. Want to discover ways to apply scripture effectively in everyday life? Tired of the pat answers in Sunday school? Then settle in for a gritty, authentic, and unexpectedly funny Christian podcast. And now, No Church Answers.
1: And welcome to No Church Answers, a Christian roundtable discussion for men. This is podcast number 289, hard to believe, and we're glad you're here. And where is here? Here is Sugarland, Texas. So grab a globe, spin it around, bang, not sure where you ended up, but spin it around. Find Texas, southeast side of Texas is Houston, southwest side of Houston is Sugar Land, and that's where we are. You know, we are not pastors. We're just regular guys, and each of us are on our own spiritual journey, Meeting daily challenges just like you, and that's why we're here. We're having a Christian discussion for men, and but there's plenty of women that listen too. But unlike others, we are not taking church answers, and that's why we're glad that you've joined us. You know, this podcast has been called Deliberately Provocative and Unexpectedly Funny, so we're so glad that you decided to check us out. Our podcast is available on Apple Podcast, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts, we're on Facebook, YouTube, at, or at com. So rate it, leave a review, and of course, it would not be possible without your support. Real And real quick, um, I just want to just throw this out. We are starting a brand new study. Uh, it's called uh, Limping with God. This is Jacob and the Old Testament Guide to Messy Discipleship, and it's uh, written by a gentleman called uh, Chadbert. And I'm going to throw it to the rest of the fellows, but I'm basically polar opposite of what I think every one of you guys are going to say today. So anyway, I'm just going to throw that out there, and at this time I'm going to introduce the panel, and he is a former world-class policy writer. He's a current professional gambler. He's the show producer. It's Mr. Steve Titch.
2: Hello.
1: And he is a former prosecutor. He is an attorney, and he hasn't had a whole lot of sleep, so we're going to be pinching it. We're going to be pinching him, and it's uh, kind of the group historian. That's Michael Cropper.
3: Hey, Mike. Hi, guys. Hey, Mike. Mike.
1: And... Uh, and going to get a uh, an early exit, and it's an excused absence, he is a uh, commercial-grade teacher, pretty much a talent development specialist, kind of the group theologian. Robert Koshu, the professor. Hey,
3: everybody, hello, I am I am leaving early to go do a man thing of all man things. I am preparing to cook brisket this weekend. Yeah. <laughs> You're
4: skipping out on us. That's <laughs> big that's big I, you time. Know,
3: we're doing 50 briskets and <laughs> six whole hogs this Sunday. And real quick, Bill, I want to say hello and thank you to Roger Waters and West Danley, who two guys who started following us on Facebook after our Easter podcast. And welcome. I hope you guys enjoyed the show. And if you want to find out more, go listen to that podcast and start listening to this series.
1: Yeah, and those fellows were deep, too, man. <laughs> <laughs> I was putting those comments on there. I thought, whoa, man, I'm not sure I'm going to answer them. <laughs> uh, and with that, we'll go ahead and uh, bring in uh, our producer, Mr.
2: Steve Titch. Oh, thanks, uh, thanks, Bill. Um, I'm really excited about this study. I, I often say that sometimes uh, we, we get a lot of... Uh, Christian education in Sunday school while we're kids and then it stops. And when you're in Sunday school, they only tell you about the, the heroes of the Bible. And Jacob usually gets a listing in that, but if you ever go back, maybe ask, your, ask your kid, who might be under 10, how much do they talk about Jacob in the Sunday school? And you'll find out, oh yeah, he's the guy who comes after Isaac and before Joseph and his Technicolor coat. Uh, there's a reason for that. Uh Jacob is a scoundrel. He's a first-class con man. He is the last person you'd think God would choose to found the Israelite nation. But yet that's that's what he does. Um you know, he and and that's what I'm excited about the study because because he's an interesting character. Uh he's not uh you know, he's not um moses uh who had a sense of justice even early in his life he 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 killed the overseer who was beating up the the jewish slave uh he's not isaiah who was of a priestly family he lived by the code of looking out for number one
3: interesting uh professor matthew one starting with one and i'm just going to go through verse two This is the genealogy of Jesus, the Messiah, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Abraham was the father of Isaac. Isaac was the father of Jacob. Jacob, the father of Judah and his brothers. And it goes on through there and describes the genealogy of Jesus all the way through to Jesus. If Jacob the scoundrel can be in the genealogy of the Messiah, of the human side of the Messiah, because Mary was also a descendant of David. Then how much so can we live and you know, overcome our limitations to oh, do God's work? <laughs> 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 that's
4: all right. okay, Rahab the harlot was in. The <laughs> yeah, Rahab is in
3: there too. That is, that is, and so is an adulterer and a murderer, mm-hmm. King David. No, so, no. but it, but it, but that's the whole lesson of Matthew one, right. and and here's the guy who, like Steve said, literally founded the israeli religion or the jewish religion you know he is in there he he his name becomes the name we call the state of israel today and yet there's a lot of shady stuff and that's why he never gets taught because it's hard to explain to a 10-year-old <laughs> yes but so, and that's what
2: we do here cuz we're yeah. we're you know we're going to fill
3: in that gap <laughs> big way <laughs>
2: hey
1: Mike, uh, let's go ahead and bring you in on this. (laughs) Uh,
4: Folks, the next few podcasts are taken from a book which Steve chose, and he just told the name of it. I think uh, Limping with God. um, If there were ever a book I can identify with, it's this book, at least the first few chapters. Our perception of God comes from Sunday school stories, as Steve mentioned, sermons proclaiming the benefits of serving Jesus and serving God. Many of those examples. Present flowery pictures illustrations and examples of great blessings if you serve the Lord these stories may lead one to believe that serving God is is always a wonderful life however the summation would be a distortion of the truth because many of our Bible heroes experience frustration with God's timing now uh, I'm gonna read one a uh, couple sentences from the book that I'm I want to exemplify what I'm talking about here uh, the, the first chapter, and I think we're covering three, right, Steve? Mm-hmm. Uh, the first chapter says, Dear God, any day now. Okay? Um, the author of the book says, Whatever the Lord wants to do, or whatever he pleases, he does. That's about as true as can be. However, if God has any predilection, it's to be perpetually late. <laughs> and, and not a wee bit tardy, but ridiculously, almost laughably late. Just ask Sarah, her daughter-in-law, Rebecca, and I'm gonna tell you, they didn't think it was funny being late when they had their children. So I can identify with that, folks. I've told you from the beginning, when I gave my life to Lord, it seems like God has me about 10 years behind everybody else and I don't know why that is. I went to law school when I was 37, not when I was 27 like the average age would be, but anyway, we're going to discuss God's timing on Sarah's pregnancy and Isaac's birth. Uh, also, we're going to discuss maybe Rebecca's pregnancy and birth as well. And it appears that there is no norm when it comes to God's timing. Bill?
1: Interesting. I didn't think that's where you were going to go mm-hmm. with that. <laughs> Let me go ahead and bring the professor in.
3: Yeah, I just, I, you know, I think doing this, is really going to be one of those studies where we're looking very much like David in a lot of ways. We, we did a very in-depth study of David very early on in our podcast, somewhere around 50. I'd have to go look up. But David is very much a flawed character if you get behind the... Once you get beyond the David, the, the boy who killed... Goliath and then became the uh and then became the king, you know, or Solomon. Once again, Solomon builds the temple, great writer of wisdom. Oh, he had 300 and something wives and 600 concubines and he let his wives set sacrificial Asherah poles and places in the high, you know, it it they're all flawed characters. And Jacob is a flawed character as well. And I think that That is the limping with God analogy as we look at this. Bill?
1: Excellent. And with that, I'm going to go ahead and read the scripture. This is uh, Genesis 25, 19 through 26. This is the account of the family line of Abraham's son, Isaac. Abraham became the father of Isaac, and Isaac was 40 years old when he married Rebekah, daughter of Bethuel, the Aramean from Pada Aram, and sister of Laban, the Aramean. Isaac prayed to the Lord on behalf of his wife because she was childless. The Lord answered his prayer and his wife, Rebekah, became pregnant. The babies jostled with each other within her and she said, Why is this happening to me? So she went to inquire of the Lord. The Lord said to her, Two nations are in your womb and two peoples from within you will be separated. One people will be stronger than the other. The older will serve the younger. When the time came for her to give birth, they were twin boys in her room. The first to come out was red, and his whole body was like a hairy garment. So they named him Esau. After this, his brother came out, with his hand grasping Esau's heel. So he was named Jacob. Isaac was 60 years old when Rebecca gave birth to them. My wife is a twin, and when I read this, um, I, and, and I've known quite a few other sets of twins, and it's amazing the differences. Uh, I know one set of twins that when they were... Youth, when they're both girls, when they were young, they used to dress alike. And now that they're older, they have the same plastic surgeon. They modify their bodies alike. They're Ike and Mike. <laughs> okay? my sist- My wife is a fraternal twin with her sister. They resemble each other, but they don't necessarily look a lot alike. And they are very much like this story. Beverly was the last one. And she was born when there was no ultrasound. They didn't know that there was going to be twins.
4: <clears throat>
1: Beverly also has always been over her sister. Shirley, Always. <laughs> and it's personalities. It's um, I don't want to say necessarily talent. It's just that Shirley always allowed it, and so and th- the thing about it is, is that this really does set up for long term implications. And from day one, and it has been in my wife's family. I absolutely believe this story.
2: This is this is great because this is one of the stories. you you can identify with, because it's very much in the family, Um, and this, and I do want to talk about this, this, the relationship between Esau and and Jacob, of course, plays out through their, through their young adulthood, but it's, this, this conflict starts in the womb. They really don't get along, and it's made clear the, the the our translations were reading says they were jostling um, the author Chad Bird went back and looked at some etymology and in the hebrew it's more of the, the word that's being translated has a connotation of smacking or smashing together so they were they were already <laughs> it
0: was WWE wrestling. yes they were banging <laughs>
2: around and, and 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 what's what's interesting also before we break I'll I'll, I'll bring this note um, up is that Again this is this is uh something you don't he, they, we don't talk about in in Sunday school that much but the the movement in her womb um most like most mothers you know are that that brings joy and it brings a little concern i guess there's this banging around so she prays to god and she gets an answer that i don't think any pregnant mom really wants to hear uh it's, you know, two nations are in your womb and two peop- two peoples from within you shall be divided. And it goes on to this prophecy of, you know, there'll be this forever bit of, of domination and submission. Um, it's not, I guarantee you, my friends, this is not something you'll find on a Hallmark card or on a baby dedication at your church. They usually pick, uh, what is it, Jeremiah... Twenty nine eleven. Um, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not harm you. Uh, it's of course we always talked about. That's not really exactly in the context of a of a birth or graduation. Nonetheless, uh, it, it's an interesting. Already things are off to an interesting start because uh, there's some conflict going on in this family. But
1: you have to believe that she is a spoke in the wheel. (laughs) And the only time that you really understand where you are in that wheel is when you look backwards. Mm -hmm. Because when it's happening to you, you just have to trust that this is God-ordained, this is a spoke in the wheel. I'm not exactly sure where it's going, but I just Mm -hmm. have to believe. And because... Our days are numbered, whereas God's are not. It may come out and be evident where in the wheel our spoke is long after, long after we've passed, but then you can look back. Ah, that was a significant moment. And so their faithfulness gives us the opportunity to look back and say, Whoa, that was a big deal.
3: Well, and and I think it's also it's it's that we never know where we are in God's plan. It's your spoke in the wheel, right. but it, but it's a realization. Rebecca has she knows something's off, but she doesn't know what's off. But then God gives her comfort in the words to tell her, "Hey, it's all okay. Here's the deal." <laughs> But notice, even with the comfort, comes a little bit more, oh, wait, <laughs> they're going to be doing this forever <laughs> <laughs> right. as they go through. And and I think the realization that we need to have as we look at this is the story is telling us that God uses those things we don't understand. And and, and, and that's hard, especially for us Western mindset American males who you know we got get done you know get her done right right you know and it's hard for us to understand no 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 I've got a plan and I've got this whereas you know for us that means hey sit back a little bit and yeah. I think that becomes really hard for men as we look at it
1: And we're going to go ahead and have you sit back because we're going to take our first break. This is No Church Answers. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Bill Cox, director of MANA Spiritual Oasis for Men. We hope you enjoy our show as much as we enjoy doing it. But our ministry needs your support if we are to continue to bring our TV show, our podcast, our live shows to men seeking spiritual refreshment. For as little as $5 a month, you can become a patron of Man Up Spiritual Oasis. Get more details at our page on patreon.com. If you would like to support us directly, you can make a contribution through PayPal at donate at manupmedia.org. All contributions are tax deductible. We're not pastors, just regular guys. So whether you're successful or struggling, we hope to bring you the good news of God's saving grace as we share our own spiritual journeys. Please consider supporting Man Up and No Church Answers today. And welcome back. This is No Church Answers. We are diving into a brand new discussion. We're going to be talking about Jacob. And uh, we're going to just uh, go on with uh, what's Uh, in a name and you know it's kind of funny i never really liked the tradition of naming children right at birth because i was raised on a farm and we named almost every animal that we had and well we actually did name basically every animal that we had
3: bacon pork chop
1: ham that's right, Bill, Chick, chicken wing, <laughs> chicken wing, um, but uh, and but we let them earn their names, which you know once you have an animal on the uh, on the farm for a little bit, you know, you know, Gimpy or or yeah, I, I, you know, <laughs> or Chomper because he eats everything, you know. I mean. and that's the thing and that's what I really thought whereas when you wait to name something you, you name it based on what it is okay you know whereas my children I named Andrew Andrew Robert after my dad and grandpa hoping that he becomes like them Not waiting to name him, describe which, giving him a name that describes him.
2: It it, it embodied your hopes. Yes, my hopes and dreams. I think that's the most. That's probably why, the root reason here and now we choose the names we do for our kids. Yes, one way or another. It's it's, you know it it might be after somebody, but
1: yeah. Right. Whereas, and it's funny. Like uh, Mm -hmm. as we continue on here. You know, Esau and means hairy. So apparently, they basically did what we did on the farm. Okay, this one's hairy. You know, we'll name the other one Red because he was red. Or no,
4: Harry no. is red.
1: Harry's red. Mm-hmm. Right.
4: Heel is a. Uh, Heel is Jacob. Jacob.
1: Mm-hmm. Exactly, because you know they're he looking at him. They go right.
4: Mm-hmm. Let me mention a couple of things but right yeah, here. Go, okay. Bill, I, uh, uh, folks, Bill mentioned to you I'm tired this morning. I've got about two hours of sleep last night. <laughs> I apologize. Yes, Bill, you, uh, I, you were asking me about introducing Isaac, who Isaac was. Isaac is the son of Abraham and Sarah. Okay, all of you know Abraham's the father of the Israelites, and Sarah was his stepsister through their father. And they married, and God called them out of Haran. And he called them to go and leave their families and go into another country, to which he would designate for them. And it, when Sarah was 60, I think 65 years old, and Abraham was, um, what, 25, 20 years old, whatever he was, maybe 20 years older, or 80 years old, God came to them and promised them a child from Sarah's body. And uh, then he did not come back. Didn't show up for 24 more years. Now, why am I bringing that up? Because during this time, Abraham and Sarah, we we think of them as just a tremendous, tremendous couple, but they had their problems too. And whenever Abraham and Sarah went to Egypt, they moved down there, I believe, because of famine, Abraham told his wife to lie. So there's deception involved here, and the same thing happened with Isaac and Rebekah. They eventually had the child. God came to them whenever... Sarah was, I believe, 89 years old, and he says, you're going to have a child next year, like I told you 24 years ago. And she did. She became pregnant, and she had Isaac. And Isaac married uh, a distant relative of Abraham's. Isaac married a daughter named Rebecca of Bethuel and brother to Laban. And that family also was dishonest. Because we will see later that Jacob goes back to get a wife from Laban when it's his turn. And Laban tricks him out of 20 years what, of, of labor. So here's what I'm getting at. It's not just with Jacob we see. There's some deception here throughout the Word of God with the various characters that we hold in high, high esteem. And this is one of the things I pride our podcast on because we look at the situations we only see many presentations or many sides of these characters throughout the Bible and they're presented with Rose through Rose glasses. Mm-hmm. And in fact, like Steve said and Bill, there are other sides to him that we're not often presented with. And if we are presented with it, it's not really as as Steve said, they kind of cover or gloss over the fact that Jacob was a dishonest character. But I, I think, think that on. no, I think that's really
2: important because because a lot of a lot of people who are new to the Bible who don't know it think everybody in the Bible is supposed to be virtuous. Yes. Everyone is that's supposed what, to be good, morally good. Mm-hmm. And it actually and 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 even you know, sometimes our teachers get a little Get a little nervous when it comes to dealing with the characters that are involved in this, and but they're the, the, people, the aren't Yes, they? yes, that's yes. exactly why you are supposed to identify with it. Taking it back to mm-hmm. to to Bill here, who sees some of the things that are presented here in the story of Genesis, mm-hmm. um, a very human story. He sees it in his own his own household, and that's what you're supposed to be. Do- I mean, I you're 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 not you shouldn't be reading the bible as like some distant you know dust sand encrusted tale yeah the character should come alive for you and 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 that's what's great about jacob he really does in this whole line come alive when you begin to look at his character and and the family situation he's in
1: and you know, so takeaway number one is for men: don't be gullible. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and, and, and I am, and I am absolutely serious on that. Uh, so many posers out there, and m- want you to think a certain way. And no, I I think that's one thing that w- comes through in the story of Jacob is the fact that. Although Jacob at times is a bit of a scumbag, he doesn't give up, you know. And
2: uh, well, well, God never gives up on him,
1: uh, right? That's, no, right? That's yes. Really,
2: that's, yes. God keeps coming after. I mean, they literally we're going to get ultimately to the wrestling right. story, but that's the whole, whole thing. He he literally, literally he ends up wrestling with God. But I think throughout his young young manhood, he is. Rest, figuratively wrestling with God mm-hmm. he is wrestling right as we talked about right from you know
4: prenatally in the womb yeah, yeah. Um, Harry and heel <laughs> the, the, right. the Arthur book Hairy. calls him that, folks. Hairy so and so that's so his name, that, that, yeah. Yaakov. And, and, yes, that's is what name. Dura- and <laughs> I think that it's a, so it appears that Isaac did at least have a sense of humor for his two sons mm-hmm. when they were born. Mm-hmm. Well, the, the, the mm-hmm. um, I think they had a midwife that would deliver mm-hmm. them, and she told him says, so, "The younger one grabbed the heel of the older mm-hmm. one," and and I'm sure he thought. I'm gonna come up with a name for him for that. So I'm he grabby. called him. Yeah, yeah. A heron <laughs> well, heel. Oh,
2: that's where because I know Bill wants to get into this. That the the imagery of the heel, the grabbing the heel, and the author talks about that a lot. As this mm-hmm. kind of the way the way they come into the world. Esau comes first, mm-hmm. which in in the in e- even though they're twins, he's the firstborn. He's the first to pop out. Um, so therefore he's going to get all the privileges of that firstborn, yet right behind him comes Jacob, baby Jacob grabbing, grabbing the heel of Esau and an, one way of looking at, it, as if almost to either pull him back or climb over him. And then, then, then author Chad Bird gets into a discussion of ambition. Which I, I think is is really interesting topic to talk about because he does come down on it a rather dubiously, but I think it's a good topic for for the, our fellows here of Man Up because mm-hmm. we want. I think I think there's some virtues in ambition. Um, the author finds some problems, so let's you know, you Bill, you were you going to talk about that.
1: Uh, yeah. Yes, I'm going to talk about it
2: after the second break. Uh,
0: this is No Church Dancers. We'll be right back. Hey, pastors, pastors and church, church leaders. leaders. Man Up is a refreshing alternative to predictable motivational speakers, offering your audience a chance to connect with everyday Christian men who don't settle for routine Sunday school answers. Interested in learning more? Visit man upspiritualoasis.com or contact Bill Cox at live show at manupmedia.org. And now back to the fellows of Man Up.
1: And welcome back. This is No Church Answers. And uh, yes, we're talking about ambition and the author brought up the fact that uh, he didn't think ambition was good and kind of equated uh, Jacob to being a con man and that kind of thing. Uh, Let me just tell you uh, just a little bit of a story. Um, We had uh, two horses on the farm. One horse was just the nicest horse. You put a saddle on that bad boy, jump on it, just take you wherever you wanted to go. This other horse couldn't be broke. Ornery, nasty, beautiful, big, athletic, beautiful horse. My dad broke that horse. My dad and only my dad rode that horse. That horse was awesome. When you have a talent, and that's how I look at Jacob and his ambition, that is talent that was born and bred into that, dude. I'm absolutely certain God saw that and knew he was going to use it. And just like my dad, got bucked off a few times he starved that horse at times too he was so ornery but when he got it broke that was the best horse he ever had so what you don't do is you mold the traits you don't change traits and I think that's what God saw in Jacob
2: I I think if I may um, go ahead I think it's it's ambition's a trait. I mean, I think there are good ways and bad ways to use it, but talent is talent. And I'll, when we get to wrap up, maybe I'll throw my a couple of my senses in. But I but I'm when you were you were uh, talking, I was thinking of a of a TV series which concluded a couple of months ago that was very popular, Better Call Saul, about a lawyer, right? Yeah. <laughs> <Right. laughs> and what they made clear. Now, very much in a Jacob sense, Saul Goodman, Jimmy McGill, was a was a con man. He was a, he, he was you know a, 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 an angle shooter, but he was also a terrific lawyer. That's that's the, that's they made clear. He wasn't you know and he he wasn't like shady as or an idiot when it came to the law. He was a great lawyer the problem is is where he used those talents right and he would use them to uh, basically in the wrong way um so so when it comes to ambition um despite despite our our, our author does quote uh does quote the uh uh paul and his is kind of paul's little kind of somewhat a little bit of a ad, ad, um admonition against uh against being too ambitious. I think as men, we got to know what we can do. we got to know ourselves pretty well, and as long as you do it fairly. I, I don't think... We're going to see some examples of Jacob, but he's not going to do it in a, in a fair or just way. He's, he's going to try to not figure out where his talents are and how he might exceed his brother in certain areas. He's going to try... He's going he's to basically steal his way and con his way to uh, a position.
4: Yeah, ambition, uh, folks. If, if what Steve is referring to, and Bill, in the Old Testament, it was looked down upon because if you were ambitious, you would run over anybody to succeed. Period. You would run over your brothers, which, as Steve just said, Jacob takes advantage of his brother Esau. That's ambition back in the Old Testament. That means. Take from your brother, take from your neighbor, take from anybody you can well, that's, to get ahead. That's but a rule today. today. That's you're saying. It's, <laughs> you saying I, don't I don't think, think it's it yeah. it stayed in the oh, Old well, Testament. The author says it isn't. That's why, that's why I said that. <laughs> Am- ambition can be good if, if, if you want to take and provide for your friends and not for yourself. If you're ambitious and you go after things for the purpose of helping somebody else. And by the way, I'm going to touch on something real quick, you guys. I had a brother. Brothers mm-hmm. fight. <laughs> Bro- it, it, you don't have to be twins like Esau and Jacob. My brother was three years older than me, and he was always telling me what to do. And always, and, and we get in fights, and, and, and one day I got big enough to throw him on the ground. I mean, he was five <laughs> inches taller than me. But the, the point is here, there's always conflict. We have boys in a family. There'll always be conflict. And um, the point, coming back to this ambitious uh, ambition. Jacob, according to the writer of our lesson, according to the Bible, when Jacob grabbed Esau's heel, when they were being born, Esau came out the oldest, the first, uh, there is some suggestion that Jacob knew what he was doing, and i can you know what you're doing? You've got to give the author a little credit, a little dramatic credit. <laughs> he says, no, he doesn't say that. The author says, no, there's no way you can know what he's doing. But they say a lot of your your babies that are born know their father and mother. They know their voices. Oh yeah, right. And they yeah. know emotion, and they know a lot of things. So who knows? It's oh. possible they know what ambition is if they hear their father presenting it <laughs> in the house. But anyway, to throw that out.
1: Well, I was raised on a farm, uh, like I've said many times, <clears throat> and pigs come out in litters, and so it can be as as, as few as just a couple or it can be as as many as 13, 14 piglets. Hmm. There's always a big one, and there's always a runt of a litter. Now, the runts of the litter, they do one of two things. Uh, They either suck it up and grow and probably hide from some of the bigger pigs, Mm-hmm. Or, or they just allow themselves to get picked on and will possibly die if, if you don't separate them. Mm. Uh, the big ones uh, never really develop any empathy uh, because they're pigs. They're, and so they go with their natural tendencies. The big ones stay a bully, and the little ones tend to pick up the scraps. And so... If it was a runt when it was born, pretty good chance it's gonna be a runt when it's raised. That's just basic pig biology. Um, Whereas you look at people, there's so much that determines how so much of our nurture uh, basically will change our nature. And there's a little kid on my block that I want to use as an example. He is just smaller uh, than, than the other kids. And he's a, he's a little Asian kid. And uh, I just dig him because he's smart and he's quick. And he has learned how to use that. And so I look at someone like that and I get enthused that that guy is going to make it in life. He is going to be a fighter even though he is smaller and you would expect less from him.
2: Well, you know there's there's always there's I'll move it up to human relations and maybe you know the, the world of, of middle school and there's always the bully. And there's the bully hanger-ons, and then there's the victim, whatever the that the targets, the the kids, the smaller kids, the bullies pick on. But then there's always that that you know this instance that one kid who should be picked on, but somehow has this huge kid wrapped around his finger. That 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 is the awesome. The little kid is awesome, but that's the kid to watch out for because he is the smartest in the schoolyard (laughs) he has the smartest kid in the whole school I mean he might not be doing you know he might not be the math whiz but if he's small and somehow the bully is not picking on him but actually somehow answers to him that is a that is a rare talent but (laughs) there you are amazing and 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 I think what we're getting back to this I think Jacob was that type of guy
1: I think so. Because I, we're going to learn absolutely get into true. this.
2: we get into this, Esau is like a lumbering
1: goofball. He's a goofball. big, dumb goofball. And, 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 <laughs> and, and, and the thing about it is, people <laughs> probably wouldn't follow him anyway. <laughs> if, you know what I'm saying? They, they they talk about, well, he gave up his birthright. You know what? That might have been a big, uh, big heavy stone around his neck. <laughs> Believe me, most people that are dim... <laughs> they know their bulb is dim, right? The, and, and they know they don't exude confidence in mm-hmm. anybody. And so they're not going to volunteer to be a leader and certainly aren't going to do anything deceitful to become one.
4: <laughs> M- M- mommy loved right? Jacob. Yes, that <laughs> <man. Yeah. laughs> <Dad> might be. <have. laughs> daddy loved Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: right. So,
4: <laughs> so then that may have been something Esau wanted because we all we do love the uh, we do want the attention, love from Theory, our parents, and if one of them prefers another one, it mm-hmm. so happened, my dad preferred my brother, older brother. I, I am looking. No, you know, no, no, I'm looking forward.
2: I want to because this is where next, next, next episode. Next. Oh, next okay. Episode, okay. okay. We get we get we'll hot. Get it, we'll we get, get hot and that. heavy okay, good, into the good. whole
4: whole we'll get into whole
2: that, whole, whole dimension. Of I got you. I got you. Well.
1: And we're we're going to go ahead and just uh, wrap up here and get some takeaways. And uh, uh, hey, Koshu, you have a takeaway? Oh, no, you're already gone. Okay. <laughs> Somebody took Koshu away. <laughs> Somebody took right takeaway from the <laughs> <a> professor, <laughs> and they took him. You know. Okay. Uh, I, I just want to go ahead and throw something out here. This is so different. Limping with God, this book is so different from the normal text that we go from. I want to encourage each of you, uh, if you're just looking for something different to read, this book is awesome. And and I think we're going to really get a lot out of this uh, this series. And, uh, and, and we don't want to agree with everything. I, I don't want to agree with everything the author says. Um, I, I certainly see his point. On ambition, and I think uh, the thing about it is, us being American males, uh, that ambition is bred into us, Uh, and it's and it's been the last you know couple of hundred years. Whereas if you were were over in Japan, uh, it's not individuals; it's it's putting society ahead first. You you don't you don't. glorify yourself you glorify the whole society as a whole individualism is not celebrated um, like it is here in, in, in a lot of places that is absolutely true uh, and, and when I look at the what the author is talking about ambition uh, I'm just reminded that man I'd rather have a flock of sheep led by a lion than a bunch of lions led by a sheep, <laughs> and with that, uh, get some takeaways from the fellas, uh, Michael Cropper. Yeah, I'm start with
4: you, folks. Bill, Bill is correct. The, the the book is humorous. the uh, The author's written many things into it that, that that will keep you laughing and guessing. too. you may not agree with everything, but the point is he's making points that you you may or may not have seen in the Bible and he makes them in such a way that you're going to remember them. So I agree with Bill. The, the book is really good, and, and calling Esau and Jacob heel and, heel and, uh, Harry, Harry and Heal is just, just, to me, hysterical. I'm not going to forget that. So a couple of points I want to make from the book. Uh, the author says that God, and especially in the, in, the, um, in the view of Jacob and in the coming lessons we're going to look at, God is a hammer. God is more, actually, than a a heavenly hammer for whom everything on earth looks like a nail. He breaks it down and he builds it up. He breaks it down and shapes it again. He crucifies and resurrects it. And he's going to do this with Jacob so that by the end of the time, we see the end of Jacob. Jacob has become a godly, godly man. And, and, And one of the good things about God is if he looks at you, as he did with Gideon you folks remember we talked about Gideon a few podcasts back when god or the angel of god addressed gideon he said oh great and mighty warrior he addressed him for what he would become not was it what he was at the moment so god sees you and i in the last of our life and what we become if we continue to serve him and i think that's very important that the, the author is making uh, making it here and um like Steve said, reemphasize that, too. God does not choose virtuous people to carry out his plan. After all, he chose me. Oh, nice. <laughs> right?
1: You waited until yeah. you were done with law school, though.
4: <laughs> that's right. But so our problem in serving God is learning to trust what God says and not in what we see. And that's t- that's called faith, folks. And that was a comment from the book here. Anyway, Bill? Steve Titch. I, was,
2: I said I'd give a few pointers on, on what I felt was maybe you could call it, be grandiose and call it Christian ambition or call it maybe uh, ambition done uh, with principle. So a few things that I've learned over the time, because I, I'm an ambitious person. I, I I wanted to be the best um, at, at what I did, at, at either when I was a business journalist or, or even a policy writer. I wanted to get into the Wall Street Journal, or get into uh, into the into the good media placement. So yeah, you don't gamble to lose either. Do no, you? and I don't gamble <laughs> to lose not so ever. <laughs> I, uh, um, so so a couple of pointers that I, I live by, ba- but basically uh, to, uh, to accomplish what I'm trying to do without necessarily pulling other people by the heel or climbing over them. First first rule is show up. I have I have gotten so many opportunities just by you know. Showing up at an office, <laughs> mm-hmm. being there, being the guy who volunteers, being the guy who raises his hands, basically uh, knocking on the door, mm-hmm. and a couple of times I oh nobody's ever come down and asked about that. Sure, you want to do it? Um, that's that's I think almost rule number one. You know they say whatever, ninety percent is showing up, eighty percent. No two, I'd say, uh, know your strengths and weaknesses. Uh, know uh, know yourself very well. And uh, don't um, you know? Don't don't try to don't try to do things you can't. But certainly leverage your strengths. Um, and and I think that's fully fair. If you're a better writer, a better editor, a faster uh, faster at at getting things done, certainly that makes you valuable and more valuable than somebody who can't. So don't be afraid of that. The other, the other, maybe the, uh, the, the the side part of that is, uh, a rival can always become a collaborator. And a rival, your your rival or enemy, doesn't see himself as an enemy in his own <laughs> eyes. If you remember that, you can you can turn a a, a, a rival into an ally. So don't, so don't always fight. Go for diplomacy. Um, and you know, I, I can't. You know, blessed are the peacemakers. <laughs> In a way, make peace with your rivals, and you 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 may may gain. Both of you may gain something out of that. Uh, and finally, don't don't worry too much about the competition. Don't try to imitate them. I've I've had so many. I've had issues with, with, with managers, employers, business owners who, who look at a competitor and decide they become they become too focused on what that competitor is doing and try to imitate that oh let's do what he's doing I I, at college way back when at college I I had the opportunity to meet writer Harlan Ellison uh he's considered a fantasy writer science fiction writer tv writer he's he he died a few years ago um but I think he said at some point um you met him oh yeah you're awesome I interviewed him I I interviewed him I I was about 22 at the time um wow. But but he said uh, I don't I don't write fantasy stories, I don't write science fiction stories. I write Harlan Ellison stories and I'm the only one who does.
1: Wow. <laughs> that is awesome. You just kicked yourself up a notch in my book, <laughs> man. I had no idea of that. Um yeah, I'm just uh, going to bring it back down to earth, something kind of shallow, which is kind of where I'm at. Um <clears throat> You know, if you're going to be a swindler, you're going to have to shop at night so nobody sees you. And, you know, you might make a little extra money that one on that one deal, but you'll blow it, you know, and then you'll be right back in the book. I'm an all commission salesman, always have been. And here's one of the hardest things, but it's helped me the most. Find something that is win-win. When you're doing a deal... Make it win, not only win for you, make it win for the customer, make it a win for the supplier. The more people that can win out of that deal, the more you can guarantee that you'll get another deal. I did, I hated to bring this up. I know we're coming out of time, out of time, but when Steve Titch talked about, and I think it was Steve that talked about enemies. My grandpa did this. He would hire his enemies because he wanted to find out why those other people didn't like him and when you pay people it's amazing what you can find out anyway hey thanks so much for tuning in uh this is no church answers uh on behalf of our producer mr steve titch michael cropper i'm bill cox and I'm going to say Koshu was here, too, but he he skipped out early. Anyway, our podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get the podcast. so please rate it and leave a review. If you have a question or comment, you can go to our Facebook page or com and post it there. If you're unable to attend a church, well, shame on you. Uh, check out Sugarland Baptist Church's streaming service. It's on Facebook, YouTube, and at SugarlandBaptist.org. Starts Sunday at nine forty-five a.m. And when you are ready, we encourage each and every one of you to join a local Bible-based church. Why local? So you'll go and participate. Find a small group, adult Bible fellowship (ABF) or a Sunday school class. That you can join for small group discussions, just like this. And find one that is men-only. If there isn't one, start one. Make sure you turn into No Church Answers. We'll catch you next
0: time. You've been listening to No Church Answers, the weekly Christian podcast for men. Tell us what you think. Leave a comment or review. Want to know more about us? Then visit NoChurchAnswers.com and our Facebook page check out our video series on our YouTube channel. You can also become a patron of No Church Answers by visiting our Patreon page. No Church Answers is a production of Man Up Spiritual Oasis Media, which is solely responsible for its content.